0: So Sophie Kwasny, welcome to the podcast. Now we've got a very interesting subject and an unexpected subject today, sport. The Council of Europe is known for human rights, democracy and justice. So how does sport fit in?
1: Well, precisely, because we're working on human rights, democracy and justice. Um, one of the best areas of our life is sport, to convey all of those values, uh, the messages, the principles we're working on. Because because sport is touching each and every one of us. Um, I don't know anyone who's not interested, passionate, uh, some more than others, of course. But even if you don't practice, if you're not a supporter, uh, at school you will be having some uh, education to physical activity and you will be following what's happening because it's it's in the media. So sport is a perfect vehicle for us, Council of Europe, to work on the values we are attached to.
0: So how did this come about? When did the Council of Europe decide to take up a sport and what's been the history in the background? Well, quite quite early on, uh, actually. uh, When the Council of
1: Europe started working uh, specifically on culture issues with its uh, European Cultural Convention, rapidly the governments and the authorities coming to Strasbourg on those issues because they had a, a broader portfolio at national level touching upon education matters, touching upon sport issues. Well, at that time, the Council of Europe started working on sports too. Uh, And I think one of the first topic, and it was in the 60s, so quite a while ago, late 60s, was to work on anti-doping, which emerged as a real threat to the whole integrity of the system. Um, And so the the first text uh, we worked on related to sports specifically, was dealing with uh, anti-doping, late 60s.
0: So that makes a lot of sense, actually. I remember reading a book from the Council of Europe called Dying Dying to Win, Dying to Win. And uh, this really pointed out something fundamental. If you're talking about human rights, you're talking about the human rights of sports people to be able to pursue their sport in a safe way, and of course also this idea of fair play and equality in sport. So I suppose it would make total sense that anti-doping became the first thing that the Council of Europe dealt with.
1: I think it was one of the you know, emerging and strong issues each of our societies nationally starting being confronted with. Um, you can imagine also the health policy-related issues you have. So it's not solely really about ensuring that you maintain um, this Ethical guidance of sport, which is about the fair play you've just mentioned, but also ensure that precisely the athletes are protected. Um, that if you want to keep the magic of the sport, you also need to maintain the uh, the fact that it's not uh, tricked, it's not fixed, and that there is no uh, no privileged uh, uh, competitor uh, in front of others. So. Um, so rapidly yes the, those issues have been uh, have been examined we've been trying to guide provide guidance um, and as you said it's not solely uh, solely focusing on the system itself but really the impact on the persons and uh, you mentioned the right of those that are competing um, it's a matter of having a fair access uh, to sport uh, but it's also then if if you see the evolution uh, in the time of the this work, uh, and and to come back where we started about justice, it's also how do you ensure that for really uh, high level athletes, you ensure that their rights and the rights, for instance, to a fair trial are respected in a sport environment? How do you ensure that? So, I mean, the the variety of topics uh, you work on in a sport related context are uh, immense and it's uh, it's just fascinating.
0: So really, it's applying all the values of the Council of Europe to a specific area. And I believe that the Council of Europe also works with the World Anti-Doping Agency. Is that correct?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, the World Anti-Doping Agency is really the global regulator at world level and uh, um, it's structured through a system of representation of regions, and of course, for the European region in the World Anti-Doping Agency, the role of the Council of Europe is essential and has always been. Uh, what is quite interesting with the World Anti-Doping Agency is it, the way it's governed. Um, you have half the sport movement um, that makes the decision and finances, and half the public authorities, the governments. and so. Us, the Council of Europe, we ensure that the European governments, uh, they they set similar similar directions, and then we go and put forward this European vision in the World Anti-Doping Agency. So this is about governance, of course, but it has very concrete impact. You know, When you negotiate the provisions of the code uh, that then is applied in each of the countries by by the Anti-Doping Agencies, there again, our European identity, our Council of Europe values, uh, figure very uh, prominently in in the work we are trying to to achieve and lead in in the World Anti-Doping Agency.
0: Moving on a little bit, I remember in the 1980s what a lot of problems there were in the stadiums, football stadiums specifically. I well remember the Heysel Stadium disaster, mm-hmm. uh, Hillsborough. And just in recent weeks, we've also seen some problems in the Paris match. So the council got involved at that point, I believe, and uh, brought in a whole new raft of ways of looking after people's health and safety in stadia. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Um, Yes, I think this work you're referring to, which dates back to 1985, and precisely to the drama of the Hazel, was one of the fastest lawmaking in the Council of Europe in in six months because of the atrocity of what had happened because once again sport is about passion is about emotion and is about enjoying and having yes such a such a moment of fraternity together seeing those images um and those deaths um immediately there was a, a very strong re- reaction from, of course from the public but also from the governments responsible for it and they decided um, that they needed to give the means from a, from a law enforcement and a police angle uh, to protect the the supporters and the participants to those uh, big sports events and the Council of Europe uh, because that's what we're there, to do, um, to guide the legislators. So we had a, a convention adopted on spectator va- violence, uh, which uh, which evolved as also, uh, you, you mentioned uh, other cases, I can mention from a French perspective, uh, the catastrophe of Furiani, which was about, not about the, the, the behavior of the supporters and their violence, but uh, an issue of infrastructure Uh, welcoming those tens of thousands of participants is also an issue. So we see that this topic, which started focusing on the violence of spectators, evolved to broader uh, uh, security, infrastructure security, but also uh, service aspects to make sure that those huge stadiums, Um, can ensure that you are welcomed, uh, that the community around the stadia is not uh, disturbed uh, too much by the the tens of thousands of supporters that come. And so um, we have now, uh, very recently, uh, five years ago, uh, come up with a new instrument that marks the evolution of of the field. And uh, we now speak about a really integrated approach, integrated approach to those aspects of safety, security, and service. So you need to work on each and all of those topics, not solely on the ensuring that you have the police and the law enforcement that will make make its job. Um, and indeed, you you refer to recent, uh, again, recent. Uh, uh, problems and incidents. So uh, the only thing I can say is that we still have quite some work to do in that respect. Uh, the issue there, one of the issues, OK, you have the, the lack of staff, but you also have, and that's a new topic, the um the volume of uh, fake tickets and what this led to. So th- we constantly have to face new challenges, address them and provide guidance on those topics.
0: So, so a constantly evolving situation. And an, by an instrument, the Council of Europe means a legal text that brings people together. So this means that all the Council of Europe countries, or many of them, are behind your different, uh, the different aspects of your work. What intrigues me is, how do you make sure that the recommendations, the standards you set, are followed? Good question.
1: So already there is a technical side to it, which is the nature of this legal instrument you're, uh, uh, you're referring to. We work with conventions, with so treaties, and it's legally binding. And there, the countries, they commit to it. So already uh, from the start, there is a very strong... Uh, weights attached to the instruments. Then we worked on soft law instruments, like recommendations, for instance, or guidelines that have more an inspirational nature to to bring some changes in a a smoother manner. Um, The issue really of compliance, because that's what it is for our treaties for which the, the countries have committed to can be tricky. So what we are doing uh, is accompanying the the countries in ensuring their compliance, and we have what are called monitoring bodies. And so it's, if you want, it's peers uh, examining what is done uh, and uh, reporting uh, on some of maybe the shortcomings in, in a particular country. Uh, but always with um, with the supportive vision of of trying to enhance the, the capacities and the legal system of the country and not and not necessarily to come and sanction uh,
0: the, for the shortcomings. So I want to turn to another subject now, which is that of equality and diversity in sport. And I know this is something that's very close to the Council of Europe's heart. Um, the equality, obviously, between men and women... Uh, diversity in terms of anybody being able to, to join in spot but also I'm thinking of, of ways of protecting people in spot for instance there's been many scandals recently of um, sexual abuse of young people and children and I believe all those areas are, are where the Council of Europe is now putting some of its emphasis.
1: Yes absolutely um, and again with this um, human rights DNA uh, protecting the individuals protecting their rights um, the 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 fight against discrimination is something we've always done. Uh, it's highly relevant also in in a sport context. Uh, you mentioned the quen- question of gender equality, which are striking. Uh, and uh, despite the fact that there's been a number of efforts for years, the situation is still uh, absolutely not balanced. So so we still have to work and at all levels because it's in really the uh, managerial level of the sport organizations at the level of the practice at the level of uh, uh, you know the financial uh, uh, retributions for uh, for the uh, winning a competition on media representation and coverage of sports issues so throughout those all those aspects we are working we have projects we're engaging uh, uh, with with countries and with our partners that is also the sport organizations Discrimination is also, uh, unfortunately, uh, perpetrated under other grounds. Uh, we have a lot of racism, xenophobia, uh, homophobia. Uh, I mean, the whole list is present in sport. We've just launched, actually, um, a project on combating hate speech in sport, um, because that's also an interesting, uh, well, regrettable, side of the of the new shift of hate speech online uh, and how the attacks uh, that are uh, done of course to um, athletes that are visible publicly uh, is is really something we have to to combat uh, and behind uh, work on the education from the youngest stage um, i could also of course mention the question of inclusions of disabled people because because it is, uh, uh, it is also uh, um, something uh, which is uh, which is still uh, where there is still room for uh, for improvement. When we see, and this year we had uh, for the winter uh, for the winter Olympics and Paralympics uh, quite some uh, some uh, achievements. We need to have uh, more of our Paralympic athletes, uh, you know, uh, engaging and being able to, uh, to perform. So indeed, this is because it's very close to the core of the activities of the Council of Europe is also something we're working on. And your last, uh, your last point of your question was about uh, sexual abuse, uh, protecting children. Uh, we, I think, weeks ago, it was in Canada that there were huge scandals in various disciplines. Uh, we've had it uh, throughout our countries. There is a liberation of uh, of speech, so those cases start being reported. Um, and we have uh, we have great initiatives uh, in, in this area where we also rely on uh, on survivors of those abuses and and their uh, um, their testimonies and and how to break away for that from that. But what we also see is that there is the issue of uh, sexual violence, but you have also um, broader forms of abuse and neglect of children in sport uh, that uh, that we have to combat. So this is indeed uh, also one of our priorities so another important topic uh, that uh, that we're working on and if i may because i mentioned canada i think it's also uh, an important point to make because we think council of europe european standards uh, but for a number of of fields. Our work goes really beyond our European borders and it's the case in sport. Uh, When we engaged uh, to come back, for instance, to the anti-doping, when we engaged in WADA, we are there with the other regions. Uh, When uh, we have conventions that uh, that, um, aim at developing the national legislation, be it safety, security and service at sports events or anti-doping or match-fixing, Uh, Those tools, those legal tools are also open for countries outside Europe to use and and to really uh, um, inspire their legal system. So that's something we are also very keen on doing is uh, going beyond Europe on those topics.
0: So the Council of Europe setting worldwide standards there. Um, Do you have, you've already taken us a long, long journey through what the Council of Europe is doing, but I'm just wondering if you can see any trends for the future that might be um, important for us to look out for? Uh, Trends, well,
1: we have uh, the prism of the Council of Europe uh, focus, so... Um, that's, for instance, what we are putting on the agenda of our ministerial conference for the ministers responsible for sport that we're organizing this year, which will be the roadmap for the coming years. And there again, you of course uh, come back to those questions of inclusion. Um, if we look at the war that is going on now, uh, not far from us, and the, and the mass of um, displacement. Uh, of people that it led to and refugees, the question of integration of refugees and migrants through sport is again uh, very prominent and and it's great because sport is such a fantastic tool of inclusion precisely. So this is something uh, we'll be we'll be working on, but then obviously. Um, a matter which is of great concern to all of us globally. Again, the sustain- sustainability issues. And um, so ensure- ensuring that not only our practice of sport, but also uh, also how sport can contribute to, uh, to reducing uh, the carbon footprint is something uh, that is of high importance, I-, I think, for the future.
0: Thank you very much, Sophie, for a fascinating walk through the Council of Europe's work on sport Best of luck for the future. Thank you, Cathy.